your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Resilient Minds Podcast. I'm really excited today because I get to spend some time today with an amazing friend of mine who's known me literally since the beginning of my journey. You know, Mike here is an entrepreneur, consultant, and coach certified through the High Performance Institute. He's the president and head coach of the Results Engine, where he helps his clients boost productivity and performance so they can scale their results faster in life and in business. He's the founder of Fear Hacking Academy, where he helps sales teams scale their production by a minimum of 30% in 90 days or less. And he's also the host of the top-rated podcast, The Results Engine, which I've had the privilege of being on. Mike Sesniak, welcome to the show, my friend. Eric, thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for that intro. Uh, bro, Love the energy. You're a blessing, bro. It's so amazing. It's been a minute. Yes, it has. It has, but it's always great to reconnect, brother. Appreciate you for having me on the show. Dude, you know, it, it's so fascinating because I always love to um, reconnect and, and, you know, we discuss it's, it, you know, when, when I, when I always have amazing guests like yourself and we get to connect and we spend a few minutes before the show to, 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 to jump up and just like, you know, shoot the shit. It's fascinating how much more when we're on the show, we can actually even go deeper. Um, so, yeah. you know, I'm going to start just hitting record right before we ever, you know what I mean? For future yeah. episodes, because there's so much that we want to catch up on. And you just like, get it, get it. But it's actually better just to do it on the show. So I really wanted to, you know, again, um, appreciate your time because, you know, mm-hmm. you're a busy man. And I wanted to, um, you know, as you know, you know, the Resilient Minds podcast, we discuss a lot about the X factor, you know, and what I mean by that is the experience of life, you know, what the experience of life is and how it can contribute to the big Y factor. So if you don't mind sharing, Mm -hmm. because I always like to ask everybody the same question, what's the big X factor that Mike carries and, you know, continues to push him? Yeah, uh, dude, I, I mean, I think my journey has been really interesting. Anyone that looks at the LinkedIn profile just like is struggling to connect the dots. It's like, wait, software engineer, like writing code for a living and then like consulting that has nothing to do with engineering. What? Uh, and for me, it was my experience with anxiety and panic attacks in my early twenties. You know, that really, it opened up the door to a world that I didn't really know existed at the time. I realized I had zero clue what it meant to be productive. And that sent me down a path, bro, because at that time, you know, people were pushing me into the coaching consulting space, but I was resisting it like the plague. I'm like, I had a very negative stigma and uh, it was going through what I went through that kind of cracked the door open right? It's like, oh, you don't get productivity. Because for me, it was like, man, I didn't realize that doing things doesn't matter if the things you're doing don't matter, right? I thought if I wasn't working 47 hours a day, I wasn't being productive enough. Yeah. 
you know, because I was working in corporate, I was doing the five to 7 a.m., 7 to 11 p.m., trying to build my business as a side hustle, selling the middle of my data to the company that I was working for. And I'm someone that has extremely high goals and very high expectations, very much like yourself. But when you pair that with a negative mindset or a very uh, non-serving mindset around productivity, and by that, I mean a completely ignorant mindset around productivity, it puts you in a bad space. And that really started the journey. And I started to geek out about it. And it's what ultimately, like I mentioned, it cracked that door open that eventually got burst through when uh, I was introduced to the world, to to the world of high performance and um, literally wrote my my first program fear hacking academy on the flight home from that event and it was like ohio to new york so it was like an hour and a half flight you know what i mean but i was fired up so uh, i don't know if that answers your question but that's where i felt compelled to to kind yeah, of take it 100 so i always share it i always love it because it doesn't matter like that that question is so evoked around you know specific specificity of getting that experience out there and now driving you know a way that continues to help you want to achieve your big why. So what's the big why that you're, you're always pursuing because the why factor is really a key component. And I know for myself, you know, a lot of my experiences push my why and, you know, essentially, you know, having the ability to have enough resilience to continue to push through no matter what is happening. And that, comes from the why factor. Am I right? Yeah. hundred percent. So what's yours? So dude, my number one life pillar is impact over income. And like, that's become a very like, you know, I don't know, like cute thing to say, but it's something that I just always believed to be true. You know, and back in the day, early on in my journey, my uncle sent me actually have it right here. He sent me a package and he texted me, he goes, Hey, Michael, like, he calls me Michael because I don't know, family stuff. It's a little yeah, proper. It. He's like, good. he's like, you have a, a package coming. Just keep an eye out. And one of the books was this book called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. I was fortunate to be able to interview Bob on my podcast. And he's just such a great guy. And they put it into perspective, like put it into words better than I ever could. And what they said is basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but your income will always be directly proportional to the number of lives that you touch in a positive way. Right. And that just brought everything I believe to be true into words that I could understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like once every once in a while you hear something that you intrinsically believed, but they can actually put it into words. That was that moment for me. And so I've just always been searching for a vehicle that could allow for that impact. Right. And I guess like if we were talking about why, like making my parents proud is like a really big thing for me. Being able to provide for them because they've made my life incredible is a big thing for me. But the underlying thing is I've always been searching for that vehicle that could allow for the impact because I know the vision that I have for my life and I know that it's going to take a decent bit of money. So I got to help a hell of a lot of people in a massive, massive way. And, you know, this consulting business was the third company that I started third business that I started while in corporate America in the five years that I spent at my, uh, at the, my last company and the other two flopped, but the third one worked. And, uh, I jumped off the cliff eventually after an experience in Fiji that I told you a little bit about before we press record and, um, figured out how to fly on the way down. And that was right about the moment that right around the time that we met, um, you know, maybe a month after that where I left and, um, 
Yeah. So it's that combination of two uh, of all these things, like just seeking something that would allow for the impact. Cause I knew that that impact, while it sounds amazing and I like, you do physically feel better from helping people, but like, I also just wanted to create a life for the people that I love. And I knew that that would take money. I knew that the impact would lead to it. So, um, that's like the, the kind of the, the higher level view. I love it. And, and I, I totally agree. I always say is like help enough people get to where they want to go and you'll get you to where you want to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, that's such a profound and I, I completely can align with that in a big freaking way because it's all about results. And that's why I love like the results <laughs> engine. It's such a good name. I love it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta thank uh, our mutual friend, Mr. Brian Donovan for that. He helped me come up with that name. Oh yeah. No way. Brian's got a great ideas. He's got, he's an idea King. Dude, he's a legend. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a legend. We're both very fortunate to have Mr. Brian Donovan um, in our uh, proximity and close proximity. Um, he's a good 100%. friend of both of ours. So, um, Mr. Mike, so tell me, you know, because, you know, for whoever's listening that's stuck in corporate, stuck. And I say that <laughs> yep. with quotation marks, everyone that's listening. Stuck in corporate. What, you know, I mean... You know, what, what was something that allowed you to make a decision to say, listen, man, like, you know, I am, I have more to give. I have more to offer. I'm going to go on all in. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to continue to push. What was it that gave you that fire, that determination, that hunger? And for somebody that's, that's, that's feeling in corporate America right now, being there, you know, or, or not, it doesn't have to be corporate America. It could be corporate anything. Uh, you know, corporate yeah. world. It's such a term, uh, isn't it? Like right, corporate America. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, you know, feeling like they're stuck. Yeah. Dude, I think for me, like, I, I've just always been that person. Like, I'm sure you're similar. Like you mentioned when we had you, when we had the conversation on my show, you have this like feeling of like being something like bigger, like having some massive impact. And I was always just trying to create, you know, like I always, I love to keep this on my desk This is a duct tape wallet that I made in fifth grade. My first company, right. Was says wallets. And like, we got Velcro latches, like this is vinyl camo duct tape for it. anyone that's not watching the video. Like you're missing out. Cause this is a beauty. And like, what did I need money for in fifth grade? If I wanted to go to the movies, my parents would have dropped me off, been like, here's 10 bucks, I'll pick you up in three hours, you know? But I've always just wanted to create. And um, that was very much persistent throughout corporate. So I, I, I don't know necessarily what leads to that. But once you have that belief, then you're in a different ball game, right? And here's what it was like for me, and maybe people can relate. I never thought I would spend five years at the company that I was at. Never. I thought I would be there for like two, three years, fund everything, like engineering, software engineering in the States, super profitable. So outside of like commission sales or, you know, owning your own business, having ownership, there aren't many industries where you can make like close to what I would call like FU money. Right. And it was not a few money by any stretch, but like you make really good money, probably more than I deserved at that point. And um, I was like, I'll, I'll use this to fund everything. And I thought I'd be out by two to three years, but all of a sudden five years came around and I'm like, what's happening? You know, and, it, and I had to fail a lot to get to that point where I was even considering the consulting. And that was probably around the four, 
three and a half to four year mark. But what I'll say is there were a lot of BS stories that kept me there, you know, and it took, uh, not unfortunately, cause it was an amazing experience, but it did take me going all the way across the world on my own. Like first time I'd ever traveled internationally and I'm like, huh, let me just go to Fiji across the planet right? For the first international trip on my own. By the way, it was also on my birthday. So I was going to be across the world for my birthday, which I share with my sister, not a twin. She's four years younger. So it was going to be the first time we didn't celebrate together, right? It was like, I was like, hey, Lise, can we like push our celebration a little bit? Because like, I really got to do me right now. I really have to invest in myself and prioritize my growth. And uh, it took me going down there to kind of unravel a lot of those stories. You know, and I'm happy to dive into what those were for me, if that's valuable for your audience. But at the end of the day, the over, like the underlying thing is we have to really start to poke holes and, and question the stories that we're telling. Cause often they're just keeping us where we are. Right. For me, that was a story about money. I, I had this big salary and rents pretty damn high in New York. So I had to make at least that amount, right. To even rationalize leaving corporate, which was BS because I, I had savings, right? I had money that I could use as my runway. So I had to get around people that would, and, and resources and like people that empowered me to think differently that could p- help me poke holes in this stuff and really ask like, is this true or is this just a nonsense story? So um, it's tough to generalize that to add value to people, but that was what it was for me. And uh, I guess the the message would really be like, figure out what the stories are that are keeping you there because until you start to question if they're true, then they'll continue to keep there. And the more that you tell yourself that, the more you're going to believe it. Cause our subconscious mind, it doesn't know the difference between true and false. Yeah. It just believes what we tell it most frequently and most consistently and most powerfully. So unfortunately in a lot of cases, those stories, they're one, they're not true. And two, they're putting us in a position we don't want to be in. I love it. And I think that, you know, you touched on, you know, a story that you were, you want to elaborate on that story of like, you know, the money, money perspective, because I think that, you know, I'm certain you're not the only one that has that story or had that story. Um, Mm. And, you know, there's, there's tons of listeners, you know, um, whether they're watching on YouTube or listening in their car right now or running down, you know, the treadmill or going for a walk that have stories that they're telling themselves and it's always comes down to the association of money. Yep. Yeah, dude. So for me, I always used to think that I had a very, very powerful and like positive mindset and relationship with money, right? Like I knew that it was just a vehicle to get where I wanted to go and to provide opportunities for the people that I loved and to allow me to give back and all of these things. Right. But what I didn't realize is this story that was holding me back, which was like, I kind of alluded to earlier, like I had to, you know, at least make what I was making in corporate in the business, which by the way, for most people, that's really, really difficult when you're operating a couple hours a day, right? Like it it takes a while to do that. And, um, it becomes difficult five to 7am, 7 to 11pm every single day. Like, it's tough to match a six figure salary when that's all that you have to give during the week. And um, what I didn't realize, Eric is like, bro, I wanted nothing more 
than to leave corporate at that time. There was a lot of like politics going on in the company, uh, not too dissimilar from what's happening in the world right now in a lot of companies, right? The year before I left, the company had announced 2,000 job cuts. Most of them were my friends. So by the time I finally left, there were only two other senior engineers that were there from the time I started. And they were both also senior engineers on my team, right? Because of the nature of the tech that we owned. Everyone else was long gone. So it became a very toxic environment. I knew I wanted to be doing something else. At this point, I had found that something else. So I just passionately did not want to be there and everyone knew it. And it was kind of pushing me out of integrity because I was really struggling to show up in, in the way that I wanted to, to add that value for the company because I was there, you know? And when, when all you want is to leave and the only thing in your way is this financial target that you're struggling to hit, all of a sudden money becomes everything. So it didn't matter how positive my mindset around it was, subconsciously money was the only thing in the way, which is just not a, a powerful place to be. You know what I mean? And it, it took a, an example or a, an exercise that we were doing down. I was at Wealth Mastery down in Fiji with Tony um, on his resort, which is like one of the most beautiful places yeah. I've ever been in my life. And um, we were doing this exercise that was basically like if you were and I were working together, I would give you, have you ever been to Wealth Mastery? I know that you've been to like everything, but you've been I haven't to been to Life and Wealth yet. I haven't, it, I was going to go and then all of a sudden, um, you know. Quarantine. <laughs> life happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. Among, among quarantine, but also just like, it's so fascinating because I'm like literally a four hour flight from, from Fiji. Um Yeah. But uh, yeah, Dude, it's just, such a beautiful country, man. Yeah, I can't wait to go. So beautiful. But yeah, so there's, there's, on the this, list. <laughs> there's this one, uh, one exercise that basically if you and I were working together, I would give you the paper. And it, the reason for that is like mental floodgates. You can ask me the question, I can just ramble and you just capture everything that you can. And one of the, one of the questions was like money is, and I'm supposed to fill in the blank. And I literally said out loud to my partner in this exercise, I said, dude, I don't know if I believe this, but it keeps coming up. I feel I need to say it. Yeah. And it was the word everything. Right. And man, like I, I'm getting kind of emotional just talking about this. It was such a powerful moment for me because I didn't believe it to be true, but it was there. Right. And I had to unravel that. And then, you know, the life mastery part, there was the pole climb and, and all that. And I realized about 48 feet up that pole that, man, there was, there's a time that needed to change. And that was a whole nother metaphorical lesson, but these things happening together, you know, before I left Fiji, I, I made a commitment to block out two hours of my calendar. As soon as I got back to new, I was living in New Jersey at the time. As soon as I got back to Jersey, to put pen to paper and actually get clarity on my financial situation. Yeah. Like, can I leave right now? And if I can't, if I can, how many, how many months worth of runway do I have? How many months worth of money? And if I can't, what needs to happen and when can I do it? Yeah. Right. And I realized I had over a six month runway, but I put that time on the calendar before I even left the country, before I left that environment. And it was freaking hard, man, because I had like 36 hours of travel, like to get to Fiji, I went so far back in time that I went forward in time because I crossed that dateline. I couldn't figure that out for like 10 days. It was confusing, man. But um, 
we put the time on the calendar and, and I gave my notice six days after that. Wow. And the only reason for that was I was going home that weekend to uh, spend some time with family to celebrate my birthday with my sister. And uh, I wanted to talk to my folks and just be like, this is what I'm doing, not this is what I did. Right. Because I knew that it would come with resistance, but um, there was immense support at the end of that conversation. So. I love that. And that exercise is really profound because I, we did it at, uh, at uh, Business Mastery as well. And, and yeah. I know what exercise you're talking about. And it is, it's, and it comes down to so many global beliefs too, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, you know, the, conditioning, the conditioning, right? The conditioning component around it, right? So it is, I know exactly how that is and, and how like writing it down is even more profound, right? Because then you read it back later and, and you see what's, 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 you know, what your, what your true beliefs are, right? So I love yeah. that. Um, I love it, bro. So, you know, kind of pivoting back um, a little bit, you know, now, you know, what's, what's, what's Mikey doing now? What's Mikey doing now? And maybe if you, um, you know, I know that, you know, you're sharing, you're, 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 you're really um, taking, you know, the business to the next level on your own, it's associating also with the podcast yourself, you know, mm -hmm. the results yeah. engine. I love it. The name, you know, how you're able to do, you know, with fear hacking, the academy, and helping with people, um, you know, implement their sales and, and things like this. So describe the process behind that. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So fear hacking was that first program that I ever built. And for me, it's like my example of, we always create what we need, right? Even before we want to build a business out of it. And, um, you know, I, like I, I think I mentioned this earlier, I had resisted the coaching industry for about three years before I entered it. And that was just due to some negative stigmas that I had at the time I saw, you know, I saw a bunch of like 17 year old dudes on Instagram with the words life coach in their bio. And I'm like, what? Like I, I didn't get it. And I, I didn't understand coaching really. I didn't realize, like, I thought I had to have the solutions so I'm looking at it through that lens and I'm like, yeah. 17 years old, what solutions do you have at that point? Like, I was just like trying to get into college and like play soccer back then. Yeah. Um, so it was just a stigma that I had to work through for myself. But, you know, I had this practice where I would implement it to literally whenever I, I wanted to build momentum, right? Any area, personal development, fitness, eventually I realized it was versatile and I could apply it to business. And it was all around decision making right? If we are, our actions, our reality is sculpted by the actions we take and our actions der are derived from the decisions we make. Mm -hmm. And bro, if you or, or I were to ask each other, like, what do you need to do to get to the next level or anyone listening to this? Like, what does the next level look like for you? And if I were to ask you what it takes to get there, you usually know, right? Like we know what we need to do. But for whatever reason, and if we don't, by the way, we at least know where we can go find the answer and get access to it and get resourceful. Yeah. But for whatever reason, we don't. We don't do it all the time. And I started to really dig into that. I'm like, man, why? Like, if we know what we need to do and all we need to do is do it to get the reality that we want, why aren't we doing it? And um for a while I did this practice. I didn't understand why it was working, but it was working. I'm like, sick, this is amazing. I started to get connected with the science and dude, it's it really not straightforward. It really, it's really fairly straightforward. Decisions are emotional. They're not logical. 
<clears throat> and when I say the word fear, most people are thinking like spiders, heights, loud noises, public speaking, yeah. how right now in this world, like COVID, quarantine, whatever, lockdown, whatever negative word we want to attach to it, like all of these things that do nothing but paralyze us. And man, you know, this being so immersed in the Tony world, like decisions are emotional. They're not logical. And when it comes to this, it's either seeking pleasure or avoiding pain and avoiding pain is far more powerful, right? We have this 2000 year old brain and it wants to keep us safe, but the world's ha the world has changed now. So I'm thinking about it. I'm like, cool. Well, fear is one of the most important and most influential factors in the decision-making process. Why are we only getting paralyzed by it? Mm. Why aren't we leveraging it? Right? And that's really what we do. So in fear hacking, we've built a practice where we can actually uh, leverage structures that have been around for a long time um, and understand why it works, but learn to leverage fear and use that to drive production. So I always say, I'm not in the, I'm not in the business of how my clients make their money. I'm in the business of helping them do more without burning out, right? Because high performance is not building a mountain of cash, but letting our health deteriorate or letting our relationships fall apart. We all know that person that's done that, that has the pinnacle of what we might view as financial success, but other areas of their lives are in shambles. High performance is building this well-oiled machine that is firing on all cylinders, achieving whatever success means for them, but not doing it at the expense, right? Doing it in conjunction. And that's really what we do. So, you know, I, I help my clients scale faster by get, helping them get hyper-focused on what's driving results and then building in some proven strategies and, and some structure around how do we do more of it without burning out? Because at the end of the day, like it's not rocket science all the time. We know what leads to money. So if we do 30% more of it, we'll make 30% more money. Yep. We just have to figure out how to avoid that burnout piece. And that's, that's kind of where we piece in at the high performance. I love it. It's like, you know, we always discuss and, and say, it's like, you know, your, your thoughts, they lead to, you know, to an action action, you know, essentially turns to a result. Right. So, um, you know, and, and as a result, as a result of your thought, <laughs> you'll, you'll get the result. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it just becomes again, this, this self-fulfilling prophecy. You can actually create what you believe. Um, if you decide to, to go out there and make it happen. Right. Dude, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that right there, what you just mentioned, that's just clarity, right? In the high performance world, clarity is king. Clarity is always king, but we call it the cornerstone habit, right? When you have clarity, everything rises, but when you don't, everything kind of falls back a bit. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that rising tide. People always talk about like a rising tide lifts all ships, but dude, what happens when the tide goes out? The ships go with it, yeah. right? Well, they're anchored, but let me use my metaphor. You know what I mean? And um, that's really what it is. When you have clarity, it's like that amplification source. So we've talked, you mentioned it a couple of times, you know, the quality of your questions determines the quality of your life. So if we ask better questions, we'll get better answers. Yep. That's really what this world is revolving around. 
And sometimes that better question leads to the thought, which leads to the action. Because when you have that clarity, you have that laser focus, bro. It, everything changes. And that's always where it needs to start. So uh, you ask, like, how do you do it? It's start with where, where do you want to go? Insanely intricate detail right? Reverse engineer. What does it take to get there? It needs to be measurable. It needs to be quantifiable. We need metrics. If you can't measure it, you cannot have any context for what it's doing to move the needle, right? And then we just build some structure around how much are you going to do? When are you going to do it? Etc. You know, that that's kind of where we piece in. And I'm just a genuinely curious person. So I think that's I'm also fairly intense. I was a goalkeeper in soccer, which was my license to be a little crazy. Um, so I think you pair those things together and it makes those conversations and that clarity building really fun and very effective, but it's really not much crazier than that. Yeah. Get clear. What do you want? What it takes to get there and then start to overload it and figure out how do you do more without, without the burnout changes the game. Dude, you really, you really emphasized a couple of things and, and I just want to point them out and I want to share, um, see if you can share a little bit, elaborate sure. um, with regards to, you know, your family and wanting to, to show up for them and, you know, the quality of, of um, relationship with your sister. So, you know, how do these, you know, you know, really profound values, you know, because that's a huge value. Obviously, family is really important to you. How does that show up in your work, bro? That's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I mean, family has always been the most important thing in my life. Always. I love it. Um, you know, my mom is, she's one of five and all of us have kind of grown up around a similar, similar location. So, you know, it was always like holidays with big, big groups you know like thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because we would it. go and um and like it was the one of the holidays that everyone got to have an amazing meal together we got to play some football on the front lawn and all these sorts of things and uh, so it's always been a staple and i think how it shows up in business is most definitely like uh kind of like that why factor we were talking about before it's like i know what i want to create and that vision is very much fueled by my family, right? So when I have that clarity, I know the impact I need to have to fund it, I feel that. right? And, um, and, and that, that's probably the biggest way. And I think that you just asking that, it's allowing me to look inward and be like, cool, there's probably more like family components in my business that I can build out, you know, amongst everyone in our community and some tribe building. Um, but that's the way that it's showing up right now. It's been like, it's been the fuel for that vision. I love it. And, uh, and everything I want to create really. It's cool. I always share in it. And like, I talk about, you know, this element of Nirvana and business and how you can like really um, evaluate, you know, now in business where this transcendence of like connecting really powerfully with, you know, community with, um, employees with clients with with ourselves so I think that that's like a really cool um, way of of showing up and like that's where like I always find because that's like the whole component of nurture and like you know we talk about 
um, you know, get enough people get to where they want to go and you can get there as well. And, and that's where that whole element for me shows up with that nirvana or business nirvana, as I call it. Um, yeah. So I get excited about that. And that's why I always ask that question, because for me, values like that have been always been important and like at the forefront or the pillar, you know, or the foundation, whatever you want to call it of, of really going after, um, you know, and I, and, and, and I see that just in you, just from, from, from the way that you're speaking about your family. Right. So I just wanted to edify that and really like, you know, touch point on that. Cause I think that that's brilliant and how you continue to, to serve, you know, the community. And I see what you're doing, right, bro. Like, that's why, I think because you're such, you have that foundation, there's so much of that, um, of that being, um, transferred into your community, into the, into the nurturing component. Right. So, and you know, you're like me, right. We're fucking intensive. We could do this intensity, <laughs> but yeah, we, we do care. We have these big hearts. Right. So that's really important. Yeah. So yeah, man, yeah. you're doing a brilliant Thank job, you, bro. bro. You're brilliant job. Thank so. you. Um, you know, you've given a huge, amazing path to, 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 to success here for so many, right? For so many people that are listening right now, you've given, you know, some clarity, what they can do, how they can go. And there's a process, right? That you, you obviously do for your, for your clients as well. Now, what is the one reason why people fail or why people would fail? It's decisions. We're making the wrong decisions. Right. I don't think I've ever answered that that way, but that's what came up. And, and I think it's um, at the end of the day, we have to know what we want. When we know what we want, we can reverse engineer what it takes to get there. And then we can make the decisions to take those actions. If we don't make those decisions, well, our reality is going to take a left turn. Right. And that's really failure. Right. It's it's not getting the end result that we're desiring. If we know what we take to get there, and by the way, you'll take some wrong turns along the way. That's part of the process. But if we're making those decisions in alignment with what we want to create, eventually, if you're resourceful enough, you'll find your way there. So it's just a matter of the decisions. If we can make better decisions, and by the way, let me clarify better, because that's a very ambiguous word. When I say better, I mean in alignment with what we want to create not knowing what we need to do and realizing, oh, that's too hard. That's too scary. I don't have the courage. Whatever BS story we're allowing to dictate our decision-making, if we listen to that, that's when we fail. So again, it comes to clarity. Like you have the clarity of what you want to create. We get super clear on what we think it takes to get there and we make the decision that's in alignment with that. If we could do that over and over again, no matter how scary it is, no matter how hard it is, Bro, life will be amazing. It will continue to be amazing. But we got to make that decision. Every day. It's all, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, Tony always shares. He's like, it's, it's the decisions we make, not the conditions we fate, face that um, um, create mm. our destiny. Yeah, I love that. You know? Um, so cool, bro. Um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, we're, we're winding down here, but I wanted to, you know, first and foremost, um, get, you know, for anybody that's looking to, um, you know, find more information about you, about your podcast, about anything that you do, how can they find you connect with you, um, and get more information? Yeah, bro. First of all, thank you again for having me. 
dude, this was awesome to, to reconnect and, and run it back on interviews. The best place, honestly, if, if you've enjoyed this conversation, you're curious about the high performance world, you want to hear more about what we're doing. The best place is the podcast. Yeah. It's like my baby right now. I'm putting so much work into it and it. Uh, I'm super proud of how it's, how it's been growing. We had an amazing conversation uh, with yours truly, Mr. Eric Balance. So um, that's the best place. Wherever you're listening to this, it's just the Results Engine podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those things. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's over there. And then other than that, man, if anything I said that, you know, you have questions, anything like that, slide in the DMs. I answer all my DMs just at Mike Sesniak on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. So if anything, you need clarity around something, you didn't quite get something, you just have questions about what it is that we're doing. Uh, I'm happy to, to answer any questions. Slide up in those DMs. You might need to link that up though, because I got a lot of Polish Z's in my last name. Oh yeah, name. don't worry. <laughs> I'll make sure that I link that up in the show notes for everybody. Um, just so that everybody knows, especially because of, of you know, Mike's last name, you know, I, I, I can spell it and I can... Um, pronounce it because I'm Polish. Um, but uh, there's, there's going to be, you know, some of you that don't. So last question, bro, I really want to, and I ask everybody, all my guests this, you know, if you had three days to live, what would you do? Ooh, that's a cool question. Um, I would, does that have to be like a single answer, like one thing for all three days? Nope. One thing. Um, three days. I would, it would take some logistical planning, but I would probably do some sort of epic travel. Right now we've been, I've been stuck in this chair for about three months now. <laughs> um, so travel is definitely on the list, like blue water, turquoise water, like light sand. That's kind of, kind of in the vision for me right now. So Come travel on, with my family. Yeah. Right. I got to make it down there. Um, travel with my family and the people that I freaking love. Um, and then probably a, some combination of, of the work that I'm doing at a massive scale that I've probably been a little hesitant to pull the trigger on for whatever that reason, for that, whatever that might be financial, current economic situation, et cetera, probably some sort of big event, like that would take some planning, but I would figure it out. So that would be the combination, a little work, a little play and uh, doing it with the people I love. I love it. So now you know what you need to do. Exactly. <laughs> I got the clarity. Right? Boom. So, so, you know, amazing, bro. Really grateful to have you on the show. I'm really excited. Um, just a blessing. You know, I appreciate you so much, bro. Um, do you want to leave, you know, with any last words, comments? Dude, yeah. First of all, thank you again. This was fun. I'm excited uh, to release the episode with you on my show. We had some fun over there. Um, I guess the last message is uh, just re-emphasizing the two things that we said, which is one, impact over income. I firmly believe that, that to be true. Your num the number, your income will always be directly proportional to the number of lives that you touch in a positive way. So find that vehicle that's going to allow you to help more people, right? Figure out what you're good at and find a way to disrupt it so that you can scale the number of people that you're helping. And if you haven't read The Go-Giver, read it like yesterday. It's the most amazing book of all time. Shout out to Bob Berg and John David Mann. Number two, seek clarity. Clarity changes the game. If you don't know what you want, you can't figure out how to get there. And if you can't figure out how to get there, like we're just shooting from the hip, spraying and praying. And that is not 
a great way to live intentionally. In fact, you can't. So those would be the two things just to kind of like underline and bold face and highlight all of them because those two things can change the game and those will lead to all the other pieces that will fall into place. So appreciate you for having me, bro. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I love you, brother. Thank you, man. And we will chat soon, bro. Much love. Talk soon. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Minds podcast. If you seriously love the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and click that subscribe button. Do it now. As I continue to grow, I'll be bringing on some leading entrepreneurs into the show. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook and drop a comment or send me a DM. Tell me who you'd love for me to interview and who you'd like to hear more from. Once again, Eric Bound signing off. And remember this, your X Factor always determines your Y Factor.